And then I want everybody, if you would, please to get your Bible or what represents your Bible. For some of you, it's leather and page. For some of you, it's digital. Do you know the difference between intelligence and smart? The word smart is so often incorrectly used. Smart is not what you get because you study. Smart comes by way of experience. I worked on this car today. While I was working on the car, I learned that the best way to take the tire off was this. I became smart through that experience so that the next time I do it, I am better equipped to do it more efficiently. Intelligence comes through study. It's not the same thing. You can be intelligent and not smart. You can be smart and not intelligent. They are not the same thing. It's important that we understand this because there are a lot of people in the kingdom of God today who are intelligent because they've read a lot of books. But they are not smart because they have almost no experience with God. They are intelligent because they've memorized, as I said a while ago, and we'll get more into this when we begin the Bible series, but they're intelligent because they've memorized a lot of scriptures, but they are not smart because they've never had to trust. They've never used their faith to believe for something they could not read about. Therefore, they never gained any experience. Smart comes through experience. Intelligence comes through study. Does that make sense today? I want to help us come to the place to do what Holy Spirit wants us to do, and that is to become smart sons and daughters of God, not just intelligent. He's less interested in intelligence than he is in being wise. Wisdom is looking for a place to dwell in you and in me. And wisdom does not come by virtue of reading it. Wisdom comes by virtue of hearing and obeying and experiencing and learning. Amen? Amen. So today, I want to continue this series, Holy Spirit. And today, the topic is our helper. Holy Spirit, our helper. If you have not listened to any of the rest of it, if you, again, will go to the app or the website, you can listen to the series through the podcast. I encourage you to do that. If you've not done that already, I would encourage you to do that. If you've missed any, even if you've been present, listen to it over and over again and let it get in your heart. Let's begin now with Holy Spirit, our helper, by reading John chapter 15, verse 26. I'm going to read two different verses. Let's start with John 15, 26. It says, but when, everybody say when, when. the helper comes. Everybody say it again. Say when, when. the helper comes. the helper comes. Now say it like this. Say, he cometh. He cometh. And we knew and we know he cometh <laughs> because Jesus said, I will send him to you from the Father. He did not say, I will send him if you will receive him. Listen to my words. Holy Spirit does not come because we invite him to come. Holy Spirit is here because he was sent here. 
we are never the idea that we have to invite Holy Spirit to come suggests that we might have to wait, that we're waiting on Him. We're never waiting on Holy Spirit. He waits on us. He waits on you and on me to engage Him. To engage what He was sent to do. So Jesus said, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, He's going to tell you all about me. Let me read it again. I can't teach about Holy Spirit without dissecting some false narratives about Holy Spirit that has been permeated in the church. But when the Holy Spirit comes, everybody say this with me again. When, when, say he cometh, he cometh. Jesus, sent Jesus sent him. So he's present. The spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, I will send him from the Father, and he is going to bear witness about me or of me. He is going to tell you all about me. Everything that you want to know about me, you're going to know to him. Here lies part of the problem. So many people are praying to Jesus when they need to be asking Holy Spirit what the work of Jesus was and is. I'm disrupting some narratives. Contrary to popular opinion, Jesus does not live in your heart. If that were true, the people of the Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea would be in trouble. Because for them, the heart is not where life is, it's the liver. So when they read it, they read it as Jesus is in their heart, or in their liver. In other places around the world, it represents something totally different. You need to listen to what I'm saying. I'm not attacking your Jesus because your Jesus is my Jesus. But I am attacking religion. But I'm only attacking religion, not for attacking's sake, but for the kingdom of God's sake, so that truth can rise up above the lies. If we give place for the truth, the lies will be supplanted. They won't find a place in us to deceive us anymore. Lies deceive. The truth will cause you to see in a dark place what a lie will never enlighten you about so Jesus said everybody say Jesus said Jesus. not Steve Parker not the person beside you not your husband and wife not the preacher Jesus said when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he then will bear witness about me before this we read I'm not going to read it today but before this we read where Jesus said it is to your advantage that I go away if I don't go away which when he went away where did he go where did the Bible say he went where at with the father the right hand of the father and why did he go away what's the Bible tell us that he went to went to be at the right hand of the father to do to intercede for whom you and me. Your Bible says that. The Bible says he went away, went at the right hand of the Father so that he could make intercession for you and me. But he did not leave us empty. Yeah. 
He didn't leave us void. He said, I am going away, and in my going away, I'm going to send to you the comforter. I'm going to send to you the helper. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you, he will tell you all about me. So don't ask me about me. Ask Holy Spirit. He will tell you. Leave me alone so I can intercede for you so that you'll understand what Holy Spirit wants to tell you. When the helper comes to you, let him help you. Stop asking me to do what Holy Spirit does. I don't want to be in his place. I've said to people before, I say it again, I say it out loud today, and to everybody watching online, everybody in this room today, a lot of times people's, people are not rece- Christians are not receiving the help that they keep praying about because they're asking the wrong person. They're not receiving the help that they're looking for because they're asking the wrong person. They're saying, Jesus, will you do this for me? Jesus, will you do that for me? And Jesus said, no, but I sent Holy Spirit to help you. I sent Holy Spirit to help you understand what it is for this moment, what you need in this moment, how you need it in this moment, and what it might look like that is different than what you think it looks like. He said, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to be interceding at the right hand of the Father for you. That's what the Bible says. Now, I don't know, but I would think that it's not wise to say to Jesus Christ, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for you and me, I don't think I want to be the guy that says to Jesus, would you stop praying for me? Leave God alone and come and take care of my problems. Do any of you want to do that? We might be more comfortable in that if we're comfortable with religion. It's not that religion wants to reject Holy Spirit. Religion just has a hard time. It's just easier because the majority of people want to hear the name of Jesus all the time. It's important to them that the preacher says Jesus' name 20 times in any given message. It doesn't take away from the power of who Jesus is. Believe me, I was saved by Jesus Christ. I came to know the Father through Jesus Christ. No other way. There's no other path. There's no other way. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm not trying to take away who Jesus is. I'm not trying to diminish the power that was in his blood in order to cleanse me, to purge me, to do all of that. But in the same way that I believe that there was power in his blood, I believe there's power in his intercession. And if I can say, if I say your intercession over me is not important, my problem is more important, who's missing the mark? Is anybody tracking with me today? Talk to him if you want to talk to him. But understand when you're talking to him, he wants to intercede for you. Because he wants the very best for you. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to have revelation. He wants you to have understanding. He wants you to be close to his father. He wants you to have all the things that cause you to be a son and a daughter of God and a joint heir to him, a brother to him. He wants all of that for you. Talk to him. But you must receive and accept that the one who's going to be speaking to you is not Jesus Christ. It is the one whom he sent. He said, I'm going away and I'm going to send this speaker to you. I'm going away, and it's to your advantage that I go away. It would be to your disadvantage that I hung around. But so many in the church world are like, you're not going anywhere, and they are clinging to this Jesus that wants to be at the right hand of the Father praying for the one that's holding on to him. And if we listen real clear, listen real clear, wherever you might find yourself this morning, listen real clear and find out, and just listen and see if you can hear Jesus saying to you right now, please let me go. Boy, that is hard to accept. It's so good to have with us today a family from 
I can't even say the name, Wysick, Wysick, Wysox? Wysox, and I ministered there in a church uh, back last year, and they're here with us today. It's so good to have you here today. I really appreciate you being here. In fact, I was invited to come back and minister again. Now, after today's message, you might tell them that they don't want me. I don't know, but, <laughs> but, um, but it's so good to have you. Thank you for being. Now, was Wysox in New York, or was that in? That was in Pennsylvania. I was so confused because I was in so many different places when I was up there. I ministered in several. And that's life on the border of any state. It's hither and yon. So it was wonderful to be with you in Pennsylvania, and it was wonderful to be with them in New York, and it could possibly be wonderful to be with you again. It's whatever your report is when you go back and tell him. (laughs) But I am thankful today for what Holy Spirit does, and sometimes we have to understand, we have to come to the place where we allow Holy Spirit to be to us what he wants to be. We need to understand this. Say this with me this morning. Say, Jesus Christ Christ. went to be with the Father so that he could intercede for me. But he didn't leave me empty. He sent Holy Spirit. Okay, now let's, bo- let's move forward. So when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will tell you all about me. John 16, 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, what I said a moment ago, that I go away. If I do not go away, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who in this room does not need help from time to time? Does anybody need help from time to time? Anybody ever get in a situation where you're thinking, man, oh man, I just don't have the answer to this. I wish I had the answer. There's a lot of confusion. I wish I could clear, I wish there was somebody that could clear this up. Anybody ever find that in your life? Everybody in this room. And we find, you know what, if somebody would just give me the answer, and usually what we do those of us who are believers anyway, usually what we do as believers is, is we go back to the routine thing, the, what we've grown comfortable with, and we go back to Christ. And we pray and we ask him to help us through this situation. What would happen if we actually accessed the gateway that he provided for us? What would happen if we actually accessed the part of God that he, pre- he sent to you and me? See, there tends to be a fear among so many believers, so many Christians, whatever you want to call it today, that trusting Holy Spirit to give us answers might, instead of leading us to a singular answer, lead to a plethora of answers that don't agree with one another. There's this fear that if I ask Holy Spirit, see, most people go immediately to the Bible when they're looking for an answer, which is a horrible mistake. And I'll tell you why. And let me, let me refer back again to what I said last week. If you look at Matthew, or John, chapter 21, The last verse of the last book, chapter of John. John tells us, he said, the world is not big enough to hold the books that it would take to record the miracles that Jesus did in three years of ministry. The world is not big enough. There aren't enough libraries. 
There aren't enough shelves. There's not enough space in the entire world to contain the books that it would take to record all the miracles that Jesus did in three years of ministry. If the world is not big enough, at what point did we come to the place where this is? How is it possible this can have every answer when it is clear that Jesus had so many answers he couldn't even fit it all in here? He had so many answers for so many specific needs that the world is not big enough to contain the books that it would take to write about all the answers he had for all the needs. Think about it for a second. Who's throwing stuff at me? Think about that for a second. So, if the world is not big enough to contain the books that it would take to record the miracles that Jesus did in three years of ministry, I said that real fast because I've said it ten times, but if it's not big enough, I ask you the same question this week I asked last week, have you ever wondered if I've read this so many times and I'm so sure that this is truth, and I am, this is infallible, understand with me today, this is infallible, I believe every single word in it, every word, I believe every word in it, it is infallible, it is holy, it is Holy Spirit inspired, I believe that, but I'm also Holy Spirit inspired, and I've said some things this morning that aren't in this book that are just as inspired. And if this says so much, imagine what would happen if we asked Holy Spirit, when Jesus said, track with me, Jesus said, I'm going to send a helper to you and he's going to tell you all about me. Remember that? Yeah. Here's where the church falls short. The church goes to this to find out all about him and yet John says in John 21, he says the world's not big enough to hold the books that can tell you everything about him. Yeah. You can't read enough books. He didn't say, I'm going to send the Bible to tell you about me. He said, I'm going to send Holy Spirit to tell you about me. But I want you, go ahead and read the Bible because it confirms the things that I've said. It confirms the things that I've done. It's a wonderful pathway. It's a wonderful guide. It's a wonderful help. It's terrible for people who aren't saved yet. But it's a wonderful instrument of knowledge and learning and growth for someone who comes into the knowledge of Christ. How is it that the disciples were able to change the entire world, known world at that time, and they didn't have a single Bible that wasn't even written yet? They did more without one than we do with one. They did more without one in a few years than we have done with it in centuries. Because they had to rely on that scripture I just read in John, 15, or John 16. He said, I'm going away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you and he's going to tell you all about me. And what he tells you, tell somebody else. Instead, what we do is we regurgitate over and over John 3.16. Start there. But where do you go from there? What's not written? I want to know what's not written. Holy Spirit, help me to know how to do in this moment what you want me to do in this moment. Might not be in this. 
So I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. I go away if I don't. He's not coming. And if he's not coming, you're never going to know what the other books say. If he's not coming, you'll never know about me. Listen to what I'm saying. Try to listen to what I'm saying, not through ears of what you've learned in the past, not through religious dogma, not through legalism, not through the books of the law or the Pentateuch. Try to listen to what I'm saying today outside of Genesis and and outside of uh, everything between Genesis and Revelation. And I know some people are even having a hard time with that statement. Try to listen to what I'm saying today by the Spirit. So it's difficult because in the kingdom of God today, there's this thing called inconsistency of truth. And the reason that there tends to be a fear among so many Christians today to trust Holy Spirit is because they're afraid if they trust Holy Spirit and they take John 16 at its word. They're afraid that if they trust Holy Spirit, what if Holy Spirit gives me a different answer than he gives my husband? What if he gives me a different answer than he gives my wife? Which one of those is truth? So they view that as this term, inconsistency of truth. So instead of trusting on Holy Spirit, what the Christian church today has done is they've gone back to the book so that it can't be argued. And yet it is so argued. So they refer back to the thing that has become a law instead of life. I preach out of it. I use it. For those of you, don't, don't get challenged. But don't, I want you to be challenged, but don't be, don't throw me away with the dirty bathwater because you're worried about what I'm saying about the Bible today. I'm not taking anything away from the Bible. I'm putting the Bible right where it belongs. It's in a pla- it has a place in our life, but it isn't our life. We weren't saved because of the Bible. We were saved because, Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ. And the Jesus Christ that saved me, I want to know all about, and I can only know about him by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, our helper. So listen to me today and grow and learn. So there's this inconsistency. There's this thing called inconsistency of truth, which means I'm not going to trust. I'm just going to read the Bible, whatever the Bible says. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Immediately when you say that, you have just limited yourself from being able to make a draw on what you have not yet known. What about the other miracles that Jesus did? Do you know why Jesus could do so many more miracles than what we read about in the Bible? Because those people weren't limited. They didn't say to him, you can only do what's between Genesis and Revelation. Anything outside of that is blasphemy. No one ever said that. Well, they did actually say that to him. But they didn't say it about the Bible because it wasn't written yet, but they said it about what they understood as the Pentateuch or the law. So anything you do outside of that, and Jesus said, I'm gonna, everything I do is going to be outside of the law because I came to abolish the law on one sense and not on another. I came to define it as a tutor, not as purpose. So he said, I'm sending Holy Spirit because I want him to teach you. I want, you, I want him to help you in this thing called inconsistency of truth. What happens Let me challenge us. Can I challenge us this morning if I haven't? What happens if everybody in this room right now put aside all of your fear, all of your worry about trusting Holy Spirit? See, because it exists. We're afraid to say, Holy Spirit, will you help me do this and then wait on the answer? See, often in our lives, we'll say, Holy Spirit, will you help me do this? And then we immediately do whatever we think we should do. Instead of waiting. Remember, he's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. We don't wait. 
I mean, we're waiting on him. He's not waiting on us. We're, we, we have got to come to the place where we say, Holy Spirit, will you show me the answer to this situation in my life? And you know what's crazy? This is the craziest thing. It's, I, it's almost unbelievable. He actually has an answer. And then added to that, one of the craziest things is, it just might not be exactly when you want it or even what you want. But see, this inconsistency of truth exists because people are afraid to accept the truth that Holy Spirit might share with them because it differs from what truth somebody else has. So they're thinking, well, how can it be God if the answer he gave me is different than the answer that he gave them? There's no book on the planet that has more contradictions in it than the Bible. No book on the planet with more contradictions in it than the Bible. I mean, half of Proverbs is about contrary vices. If you read in Matthew, I forget which one is which, but Matthew says it one way, Luke says it another way, but in one, either Matthew or Luke, one of them, you get two doves for three coins, and another one, you get three doves for five coins. If you hold out, you get a better deal. They're talking about the same story, but it applies differently in the moment. In one story, he says, don't murder. In another story, he sends an angel to annihilate an entire population. <laughs> no book on the planet with more contradictions, and we're going to talk a lot about this when I get into the Bible, but you can't, if you can even imagine... No book on the planet with more contradictions than Scripture. So what do you do with that? Why is there that? And that's what people are afraid of today. Even in this room, listening to the sound of my voice, you're watching online today, you're, this inconsistency of truth, apparently, this apparent inconsistency of truth is concerning. So there's a fear to trust Holy Spirit to come and help me in my situation, my specific situation, because his answer to me might be different than what answer he gives to someone else about a similar situation. And what if my answer wasn't right? Or theirs isn't right? And, and rather than deal with that feeling of inconsistency of truth, I'm not even going to trust Holy Spirit. I'm just going to go immediately to the Word and I'm going to do my very best to find the closest possible situation to mine. It's in there somewhere. Somewhere it's close. And then we never really find the exact problem in here that we have in our own life, but it's just close enough where we say, oh, he wrote that about me. Because he knew some eons later that I was going to need this, and, and he got real close to exactly where I am. Let me tell you something today. God doesn't get real close. He is spot on. The kingdom doesn't get near you. It doesn't get close to you. It gets in you. Truth isn't something that hangs around. It's something that lives in. Is anybody hearing me this morning? 
So what we do to avoid the inconsistency of truth and the fear that somehow I might miss God, if I trust Holy Spirit, if I just wait a little while and actually exercise a little bit of faith, if everything you do, if you find every answer you need in Scripture, you're not exercising faith, therefore you're not pleasing God. It doesn't require faith to read the Bible, but it requires faith to trust Holy Spirit. And if you don't have faith, you're not pleasing God. It doesn't matter how much you tithe. It doesn't matter how much you praise or how high you lift your hands. Are you hearing me today? This isn't about condemnation. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm trying to grow us up. I'm trying to teach us something. I'm trying to get us to a place where we allow Holy Spirit to be the helper he was sent to be. He wants to help you understand where you are about your life. I've got news for you. God knows your name. He knows exactly where you are right this very second. He knows exactly what your questions are. He knows exactly what your concerns are. He knows exactly what your fears are. And he sent an exact answer for you. The only way that I'm going to receive it is not by trying to get close. Not try to find somebody who's done it just like I have. But it's in saying to Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus said, if you will let me send him to you, I'm sending him. If you will receive the one whom I sent, he will come to you as a helper and he will guide you into all truth. Somebody say all truth. All truth. Not part of the truth. This is part of the truth. Guess what? This isn't the whole truth. If it were all of it, John would have said, there will never be another book written because there's no need. But instead, he said there's so much more that was done, so many more miracles that were done, so many more things that he said, so many more lives that he touched. And in order for you to access that and understand that, you're going to have to receive the one. I'm going to the Father to pray for you that you will receive the one that I'm sending called Holy Spirit so that he can help you and and lead you and guide you into the kind of truth that you can live in that will actually change your life, actually bring an answer to you. It gets a little wearying sometimes, and I know it sounds, I'm, I probably, my wife will probably tell me later, honey, I wish, you probably could have laid off some of that, you know, some of that stuff, but it gets a little wearying to me, even as a minister, when I ask somebody a question about their situation and what they're going through, and they immediately fire off with quoting some scripture. It's wearying to me, and I'm graceful, and I just listen to them, and I shake my head, and I nod my head, and I just kind of wink and blink, and then I walk away, and I say, they'll never get the answer. They're never going to get it. They're going to keep praying for it. They're going to keep quoting that scripture, but that scripture wasn't for their situation. It was to help them understand that by that scripture is a declaration that somebody else did what God wants them to do, and somebody else believed Holy Spirit. They believed that God had an answer, and that all that scripture is doing is saying, here is a testimony that God will do what he said he would do, and instead of receiving it as a testimony, they received it as their word. And God says, I want you to have your own testimony. I don't want you to have John's or Peter's or Paul's. I want you to have your own testimony, and I want you to trust Holy Spirit like they trusted Holy Spirit. If you will trust him like they did, you'll have your own testimony. You can write your own diary and give it to your own kids. Am I making sense this morning? Am I thoroughly confusing you? So Holy Spirit was sent as a helper to us. 
See, and the inconsistency of truth is that people are afraid to really trust Holy Spirit because they're afraid that this situation, my situation, might be different than theirs. I want to clear the air this morning. I want to help you understand this morning that's not going to happen. How do you know? But how do you know? Because the fear is genuine. The fear is genuine. You know, none of us want to violate the will of the Lord. I don't want to violate the will of God. For my life, I don't want to violate the will of God for this ministry. I don't want to violate the will of God for your life. Any part that I might have in that, which hopefully is almost none. But I don't want to violate the will of God in anybody's life, particularly mine and my family's in this ministry. But how do I address that? How do I deal with that? How do I accept? I'm going to help you with a very clear answer this morning. When Holy Spirit speaks to you, don't ever judge the word Holy Spirit gives to you based on what He gave to somebody else. Number one, say that with me. Do not, Do not judge, judge what Holy Spirit says, Holy Spirit says to, you, to you, or make it personal, to me, to me based, on based on what He said to someone else. This is the standard, you ready? The standard upon which you will judge what Holy Spirit says to you is this. Does it glorify God? He will never give you an answer that does not glorify God. Look in Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. Oh no, hold on, that's not the right one. Go to John 16 verse 12. John 16, verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things that I want to say to you. But you cannot bear that. You can't take it right now. You're not ready for all of it. However, when the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth, and He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever He hears, everybody say, whatever Holy Spirit hears, He will speak. Now listen. And it is that that He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. Jesus said, He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, He is going to take of whatever knowledge, whatever wisdom, whatever power, whatever anointing, Holy Spirit, whatever you need, Holy Spirit will find that in me and translate that to you. And it will glorify the Father Every single time. There is no inconsistency of truth because, of, because Holy Spirit says to you something different than He says to me. As long as it glorifies the Father. Because the truth that I need is not likely the truth that you need. The message that brought you to Christ in the first place probably wouldn't have worked on me. Because nobody comes to the Father except Holy Spirit draw him. And Holy Spirit knows exactly 
When the urging needs to take place to get you to come to a place where you can receive the sent son. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Remember what I said? You are not waiting on Holy Spirit. He's waiting on you. Holy Spirit is the one. He will introduce you to the moment that you can accept or reject the Christ that was sent to redeem you into relationship with the Father so that now you can actually hear the voice of Holy Spirit. Am I making sense this morning? So the message that brought you to Christ probably wouldn't have worked for me. Or the moment that brought you to Christ probably wouldn't work for me because Holy Spirit urged you. He didn't call me to that moment or I'd have been present. Neither did He call you to my moment. But there's no inconsistency of truth there. See, I would say become some rascal priest stood up and preached, some hippie-looking dude stood up and preached, will the real Jesus Christ please stand up on July the 8th, 1985? You met him. He preached here recently. Will the real Jesus Christ please stand up? He preached that message. You know what? You, you might have heard that message and thought, that is just ludicrous. Not the person, but the idea. You might have laughed at it. And you know what? There are a lot of people. There were about almost a thousand people in that room that day when I got saved. But there was only a handful of people that responded to that message. And I was one of them. But I promise you, those of us who responded, we weren't the only ones that didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ in that building that day. But Holy Spirit knew on that day, that was the word that I needed to hear and that I needed to be a part of so that I could come to Christ. It's not an inconsistency of truth. The inconsistency of truth would be, well, if he said that to me, maybe, maybe that wasn't Holy Spirit. Maybe I'm not really saved because what about the guy beside me that wasn't saved either and he didn't get saved, so maybe that really wasn't God. That's inconsistency of truth. But see, that's a lie. The truth is Holy Spirit came. That was my moment. That was my time. That was a word specifically to me. I couldn't find that you won't you look in your bible from genesis to revelation you won't find anywhere it says somebody's going to preach a message on july the 8th 1985 entitled will the real jesus christ please stand up and on that day steve parker's going to get saved you won't find that anywhere in your scripture anywhere in your bible or any whoever's bible you might read because it's not there and yet it's in the word It just happens to be in the Word Holy Spirit spoke. At a moment in time, a given time, He is our helper. He comes to guide us into truth. He wants to help us to understand. He wants to eliminate the inconsistencies of truth in our life. Now, you might say, well, what other ways? He can help you wherever you need it. But see, here's the thing. We cannot expect that Holy Spirit is going to come and help us with the things that we think of we need help in. Paying our bills, getting a job. Restoring a marriage, restoring our relationship with our kids, or whatever it might be. We can't expect Holy Spirit to come and be our helper in those things if we do not at first accept that He came to be our helper to guide us into the truth of what our relationship should really look like with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me today? See, the thing about Holy Spirit, there's this issue, and let me try to wrap this up. There's this thing 
that I want to make clear this morning, there's a difference between, say it with me, there's a difference between law and spirit. See, law is the same for every person. The advantage to having laws is it doesn't have to be decided who it applies to. Within whatever borders that that law exists, everyone within those borders to those that law should apply. It removes the argument. So if one violates that law, he goes to court and he's tried and judged by that law. Guilty or innocent. Because that law applies to every single person. That's the nature of law. That's the ease of law. That's the simplicity of law. This thing applies to everybody. What law doesn't do is provide opportunity for growth. We don't grow by the law because law removes the need for faith. You don't have to learn anything. I don't have to learn things about the law. I can read a sign on the road. I don't have to study that. I can read a sign on the road that says speed limit 55, and I know that that's the law. I don't have to study that. But see, Holy Spirit isn't about the law. He's not about one size fits all. And that's what law does. Because God knows one size doesn't fit all. And he knows that there are some people in this room that have greater needs than me. And I have greater needs than others in this room. So what he did was he said, I'm going to eliminate the law by offering you opportunity to live by the Spirit. I want you to outgrow the law by receiving Holy Spirit. It doesn't supplant the law. The law still exists, but the focus isn't on the law. It's on the Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't violate the law, but He increases the opportunities beyond the law. And we as believers, we can choose to live strictly by the law. This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to read five scriptures a day. I'm going to pray for an hour a day. This is how I'm going to live my life. And if I do that, then I'm right with God. And we can do that and we can be right with God. Or we can be great with God. We can simply be a believer by doing those things or we can be sons and daughters. I've said before, and I'll say this, I am really wrapping this up. But I've said before, when visitors come into this house and people will come and they will say, how can we become a member of this church? And I've said to them before, you can't, you don't become members here. We, this isn't a social club. There's no such thing as membership, never has been at the Rock of Central Florida. Never, not since day one. So I explained to them, I said, we're a family. If you keep showing up, you're part of who we are. If you stop coming... You're not. I said, in the same way when my wife and I had our children and when they were born, I never said to my children, not at that point nor at any time in their life, have I, my youngest child is 20, almost 21 years old. I've never, my oldest is 25, almost 26. I've never said to any of my children, you're going to sign this document and when you sign that document, you are officially a Parker. They are a Parker because they are of me and my wife. They were born into our home and they keep eating our food, so they're Parkers. <laughs> and just so that you know, kids, under the sound of my voice, if you stop eating our food, you're, you can still be a Parker. 
but they're a Parker. See, but membership is a law. There's a sense, and I can tell you in one particular denomination, if you're a member of, you become a member of that denomination, you fill out a card, and then if you go to another church, you leave that church and go to another church, you have to ask for them to transfer your membership to the other church. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of because church is a social club. It's become a social club. And because we need your number. I don't want your number. I want your life. I want you to live. Because that's the kingdom. I don't want your card. I want you here on Sunday morning. Oh, they're not here, but they're a part of us because I got their card in a file back there in the office. See, what Holy Spirit wants to do is He wants to take us to a place where He can tell us all about Christ, the parts and the pieces you don't even know about. Wouldn't you like to know that? Isn't there, aren't there things about Christ and what He wants to do in your life you would really like? Maybe the reason that some of the things you've needed haven't come to pass yet because you haven't accessed that part of Christ yet? Because you haven't said, Holy Spirit, help me know this part of Christ. Because I know if He did that many miracles and that many signs and wonders, then somewhere in a book that wasn't written... He has an answer to this. Holy Spirit, help me engage that answer. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit, to trust you. Help me to literally ask of you. Some of you in this room, many of you in this room, maybe, on watching online today, listening to this recording, if it's a recording to you, many of you, perhaps, have never even one time in your entire saved life asked Holy Spirit for anything. Perhaps it is true that every prayer you've ever prayed has been to Jesus or to God or to both. But you've never really asked Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. And Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away because if I don't, the helper won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he will tell you all about me. Jesus said that. He will tell you all about me. Now I want to know that. I want to know the things about him that I have yet to read because that book isn't big enough to record everything he did. I didn't make that up. I want to know things about him that I've never been taught. And my access to that is saying to Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, help me to know. I challenge you today. I encourage you today. You might be new here. You might have been here for a long time. It might be easy for you to receive this word. It might be a little bit of a challenge, but I ask everybody, consider what you've heard today. And then I ask you to do this. In your consideration, I ask, take the risk today. And before you lay your head down on your pillow tonight, I ask you to go somewhere, wherever you can go and say, and talk to Holy Spirit. And ask Holy Spirit, teach me about the parts of Jesus Christ that I could not possibly know without talking to you. He is our helper and he has a lot to say and a lot to teach. And we could live a thousand lifetimes and still be learning. That's what I want. How about you?